been everywhere early on. Oh, oh, he's got to get his fourth. The dancing feet of don't mind Nick Martin. There's a new Martin in town. Draper wants to put an end to all this. Hands it over to Guelphie. Draper wants it back. The brush off runs into space. Outside the boot. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon Footy Club. My name is Grant and with me is Scott. Hello everyone. Uh, good to be back. Uh, look, obviously uh, it wasn't uh, Even though the best weekend yeah. uh, we've had at the Essendon Football Club, but uh, I think it's a good time to... Not overly uh, talk about it. Assess anything? the game. So, what I thought, we, you know, reached out to the club and we we're able to get Jake Kelly, who's going to call us up soon. He's going to call us in a minute. Um, I think that's probably what you'd rather hear, <laughs> rather than just we were no good. Uh, yeah, I don't honestly know why, and we're sincerely hoping that was just a blip and that we'll be back to normal. Yeah. So, look, we'll obviously talk a little bit at the, about the game in the introduction, but uh, Jake Kelly is obviously going to be our main guest. Tonight, and we'll obviously ask him a bit about the game, a bit about his year, how, how the club's going, and a few things like that. So, hopefully, that will be uh, a really good listen for everyone. So, positive. We ha- we've probably got about 20, 25 minutes with him. So, yep. that should be really fun. So, okay. Um, strange game. Uh, very much uh, out of character, you would say, to what the years um, kind of produced so far. But, yep. Uh, look, there's there's a couple of lens you can look at this. Is is it, our first real poor, probably out of character game was round fifteen, yeah. and not round five. Uh, round one, because you, you could probably, you know, this time last year you probably could point four or five games that are much worse than what, even what the Fremantle game was. Uh, so we're we're not getting belted, but uh, it wasn't a great game and. And look, the the first 15, 20 minutes were, were, were really on song. It looked like exactly how Scott wanted us to play is how we played. And we got the uncontested mark through the, the, the back line coming through to the midfield. Um, uh, you know, the probably the guy who was informed the most the first 15 minutes was Darcy Parrish. Yeah. Um, Just looked like, as per normal, back to Darcy, yep. And then... After quarter time, uh, it's hard to put a finger on what went wrong and and we didn't – maybe the guys didn't sort of – or obsessed about not capitalising that first quarter and they should have been de- – they shouldn't have been down at quarter time. They, and I, I don't know if they dropped their head or anything like that, but it, we went – it was very strange to see what happened after quarter time and that's where more the out-of-character stuff happened and, and, and Parrish was the complete opposite. He was went very quiet – um, and, and, you know, it's, so, uh, you know, I've, I've heard just, uh, an argument on, on this bit, you know, Parrish always cops a lot of criticism and, and I try and, Why I have I, no idea. I try and sort of talk around that, but there's two arguments you could have with that. Yep. Parrish didn't have a great game in the end, but when everything was clicking and we were absolutely well on top of Fremantle, he was the one driving it. So... I would suggest more on on the front of he's missed five weeks. I, he's no way going to play like that uh, in the short term now from here on, uh, now that that game's out of the way. Um, but when Parrish was flying, so was the team. Yeah. So. And, and I, I, the other element to add to this is and he that – he had 21 guys around him that 
all stopped after quarter who time. Kind of stopped, yeah, right. So and it was it, it's it's unusual. That game is very unusual. It's uh, it'll be a couple of questions I think we might like, we want to ask Jay Kelly, but it's 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 a blip in my in my opinion. It's a blip. You also got to sort of add across the top of that is that Frio played the best game of football they've played all year. Right to win that game, they were up. They were about some of their talented youngsters, um, Liam Ryan, I think you would know Liam Henry, um, who's a talented kid, man. Um, he did really well. Sarong was awesome. Like Sarong, Sarong was yeah. really good, and like they had some of the best games of their of their um, their year, and it just happened to be against us. So I think the the game from Essendon's point of view and what we could control as a club, we. There'll be sort of the, the, the midfield will be looking at each other, going, "Hmm, what happened there? Why, why, why did we stop?" But the the talented players like Luke Jackson, who just is a monster in the forward line, who's hard to touch. Um, he's the Frio played a really good game, and the Bombers had a really bad game. So yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't sort of worry about it too much. I genuinely wouldn't sort of. A lot of the a lot of the calls on the Facebook page today have been, guys, you got to let people know who didn't play well, and you got to call them out for not playing well. Okay, yeah, the, that's twenty one blokes <laughs> because apart from a first quarter, there's nobody that really. Jake Stringer kicked another one from the boundary that nobody's talking it was about. Really, it really was a Hobbs Ridley Heps. And, and that's that's about it, right? That's about it. So, uh, look, we, we'll call them out, man. Nobody had a good game. Like, apart from a few people, th- like, it was a bad performance. It felt like it. It looked like it. And I think Fremantle had the game of their year, and it was just the perfect storm, unfortunately. So, I just, everybody, large deep breath, uh, large deep breath, sixth on the ladder, four out of our last, four out of our last six games of footy with one. Four or five. Four of the last five, sorry. Four of the last five games of footy we've won. Or is it four out of the last six considering that game now? I thought it was four out of five. Well, we had four that. in a row. We won four in a row. Four in a row and we've just lost one. So yeah. let everybody wouldn't sort of stress too much. The, the, I think a really big test, and it's the, the boys have brought it on their own heads with regards to the performance against Frio, is that a lot of the players, sorry, a lot of the um, supporters, me, one of them, is now looking to Saturday night at the G to see how we respond. Because was that a blip or was that just are we sliding back into some bad habits, right? Because for whatever reason. So I'm really looking forward to the way we come out and play against um, uh, Port and I'm happy enough to put that game aside as a blip. Yeah, look, it, it, I, I tend to agree. I The more the... The more the days went on after the game, and I hate losing. I really hate. So I, I think I'm like every fan. I'm emotional after a game, and I. But you do have to conceive it with the whole year um, that's taken place and and where we're at, and and but yeah, you know, I don't think you shy away, and I don't think you know, I don't think it's Brad Scott's nature to shy away of what went wrong and oh. and to call it out and and look. What went wrong was really centre clearances. So uh, the, that whole stat of centre clearance scores. So, it, you know, well, there's actual overall stat, just clearances in general around the ground and centre bounces was points taken from centre, sorry, point taken from clearances around the ground and in the centre was 53 to 13. And so when you lose by five goals and have 40-point differential from uh, scoring from clearances, you're that's the game, uh, and you know Scott. If I think even Scott said on three sixty, it was twenty eight to nil from centre bounce. He goes, and there were really easy scores that we should not allow. And you know there was there was parts where there was a a quick 
uh, port kick out of the centre, and for some reason, some of our defenders were off their man. And you know that's that's, that's and by a distance too. Yeah, by and, a good distance. And you you hope that you know look that obviously will be addressed. And I don't think it's been something that I've seen for most of the year. To be honest, it's it, it took me by surprise just how little just some of the actions and and you're right. It was a it was a little bit of a sense of old bad habits. And I think one area that I think needs to be addressed, and I'm sure it is. Is, and this was always the fear with Peter Wright, is the safety of of Peter Wright being at long and, and how we can sometimes go into, oh, great, we've got a, we've got a two-metre guy down there. Centric. So we're just going to kick it long two every Two-metre centric, yep. Um, and then – but the problem was, you know, whether it's right or wrong, and I, I, I thought it was a mistake personally, but Menzies on the bench. Um, and so yeah. you don't have as much coverage when the ball hits the ground – there's no Waller. There's no Davy. That know. that was pretty clear. That that was. And yeah. I, I don't think. I don't. I actually thought probably we, would have thought about it, but it by the end of the game, it was obvious what we needed. Yeah, and look, when Menzi came on, actually, I thought the balance of the side looked better. Yes. Um, yeah, and he had an immediate impact. And yeah, um, and so that that's one area where I think um, what we've got to have is a little bit more unpredictability in how we move the ball forward and using the Langford and Stringers and these guys. Um, and look, uh, there's no shying away from it. Um, and I, I have to say this because we, we would be got honest as a podcast. There's no shying away that, that Sam Wiedemann just has – I always say it with an R, Sam Wiedemann um, just has to get better. And uh, you, he hasn't scored for a month and that just – you know, at some point you go – well, Sam, we really, really need you to get involved more in the game. And maybe, like you said, when we – I know two-metre Peter comes back in his first game and kicks five and, good Lord, we've missed him and kick it to two-metre. He's two-metre tall and he'll grab everything. But I think we're very, very Peter-centric, right? Peter Wright-centric. And we go to him every single time. I wonder whether or not Weeds is finding it tough to – he kicked the ball. Like, and I know around the ground he's had contests where he's been beaten and he hasn't taken many marks and he hasn't kicked a goal in however many games or something like that. Yeah, I mean, like he had, hadn't kicked a goal three games prior to Peter Wright coming yeah, back. So right. it's, 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 it's a long it's, I think time. It's, I think there's a general, you know, just I don't want to look into his body movements too much, but it just feels like there's a general lack of confidence. Because yeah. even even he's kicking for gold, he looks a little bit nervous and, 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 and unsure. So... Um, but but he, you're right. He, he, he needs to, to be better. He needs to be better, yeah. and you got to you got to call it out. And, and that's that's just that's just the reality. He would know that. Scott would know that. I mean, I, Scott did say after the game that yeah, Sam needs to get involved more into the game. Yeah. So it, it's not we're not doing anything magical analysis here. I think that everyone understands Sam needs to. I think he has to have a pretty big week this week. Uh, it doesn't mean four goals. It just means, no, it means even one or two goals and just contesting and, and give us, you, yeah. know, you know, he's really good leader up of the footy. And I th- saw that at the start of the year, but we just haven't seen that for a while. Him actually losing his opponent and giving yeah. us a bit of a lead up option. Because in reality, uh, you know, th- there is, you know, you can't be assured of a spot if that keeps happening. And, 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 you know, I, I saw, and we've mentioned this before and, you know, I'm not calling for it. I'm just saying he would know that, you know, you see Patrick Voss and he has 18 disposals and eight marks and 
I think he ended up having eight shots on goal. Now, he can't kick it straight either So at the moment, but he should have kicked five. So he's probably absolutely kicking himself too about his own um, kicking for goal. But him over the ground, though, you know, tackling and the previous the game. The thing I, we're talking about. Like the previous game, he had like six or seven tackles. So he, yeah. you've also got to look at what aspects he brings that other forwards won't bring as far as pressure. But, and, but that's the thing know. that we're calling from for weeds, right? Yeah. Around the Make ground. Make yourself marks. present in the yeah, game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If it's not taking big grabs, turning around and kicking sausages, then it's um, it's – being involved, crashing packs, tackling people, um, really making yourself known, like running up the ground, demanding the ball, um, getting in front of your opponent, all those sort of things. So, yeah, I think it's, it's very obvious who needs to lift in, in weeds and he'll know that as well. Um, but it's the, – the, the thing we were sort of talking Challenges about – Challenges for him now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The thing we were sort of talking about going in, we were – we, we regressed a little bit to bombing it into two-meter Peter and seeing what he can do. And yeah. if he didn't have Waller at his feet or Davey at his feet or Menzi at his feet, then you relied on him to take the grab. And if we didn't, it came straight out. Yeah, and that's it. And there's no doubt too that, you know, in reality, you look at some of the clearances. Um, I'm not going to, you know, probably from the parishes and stringers. If you look over the videotape, a lot of times uh, there were probably rush kicks yeah. And it was to the advantage more to Fremantle rather than us. Yep. So uh, I don't think there's any um, mistake that we only kicked five or six goals uh, and the forwards struggled. And now every forward struggled. Yeah. I'm like 60 uh, points, Obviously Langford wasn't yeah. in the game. Um, and and I think our, our delivery and our predictability was a real hindrance um, – to that whole featuring with that as well. So the, it's a midfield view as well and, yeah. you, and you have to see it as that because our clearances were really poor. And, and so we only lost by three on clearances, but the difference in quality of those clearances to Fremantle, yeah, who scored 53 huge. points yeah. from them and we scored 13, it's, 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 that's where that's got to change. And oddly... I think one of the first clearances of the game, Darcy cleared it. Yeah, um, I know. Took two his beautiful first steps. Two kicks were awesome. Um, lowered his eyes, mm. hit Reedy on a on a on the Reedy righty um, on a on a lowered his eyes pass to Reedy and thanks for coming. And we went whoop, look out, Darcy's back. Um, and then like couple did a couple more times. Yeah, and he did kick him under Snelling after that. And, yeah, and and I think I even tweeted, oh well, this kind of parish is going to be. That's what I'm talking that's, about, that's, right? That's yeah. really high class parish if he starts doing that. Yeah. That, that left <laughs> and then that just went away. But, like, it, you know, I don't want to just put it all on dust because, you know, as much as I love Jakey, Stringer was doing the exact same thing out of the middle. He was grabbing the ball and and just not kicking it to our advantage. Maybe so. it was, like, perceived pressure from Frio or something because those guys are experienced hmm. enough not to – or to understand the importance of the correct entries into forward 50 because – for Lordy's sake, especially with Jake here, thanks. Yeah, Jake we, we I mean, struggled. I think Parrish has always had a probably a minor little history of, uh, yeah, fun, <laughs> of, yeah, of not always getting it right yeah, out of fun. the middle. Uh, let's be honest. But Jakey, you know, you, you hope to get a bit more uh, bang for your buck when he gets those. Yeah. Um, so look, uh, look. There's obviously some commentary on Brian as well. One thing I don't know, think people realise. I'm worried, mate. I'm worried. One. Well, there's a weird stat. Did you know that Jai Menzi played more minutes than Brian? So I, I was interested because Brian came yeah, off halfway through the third quarter, right? Why don't they play Brian more? I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, he only played 34% of the game, even though he played halfway through the third quarter. So even when 
the game was on and he was active, he sat, must have sat on the bench for a heck of a long time, yeah. periods. So it's hard, you know, you look at his stats and you're like, okay, those stats for 34% of the game is actually not too bad. Yeah. He actually won out of all the Ruckman hitouts to advantage. And and it's like, it's, it's and look, there's no doubt he's he's a 21-year-old. He still needs to physically grow. Uh, you know, I did the comparison um, having Tim English having a real breakout year this year and everyone's going, wow, yeah. this is the Tim English that we're hoping for. Yeah, he's 25. Yeah. Um, uh, and so there's a little bit of – I still think there's a little bit of patience needed. Yeah, I, I, when, he, when he plays against like-minded Ruckman, his age in the VFL, he, he tears them up. Like he, he's, yeah. he's absolutely nearly getting best two or three every week in the VFL. And I think there's still <coughs> some positivity around that. That the a lot of his competition in in in, in people around his age or even the mid twenties that you know they're a slightly lesser frame. He's t- he's actually telling them up. So I'm still look. I'm actually still quite positive on Nick myself. I just more patient that he needs a, another one or two more preseasons. But at some point, Scotty's got to bite the bullet and go. Well, we need get we needs. He needs games. I remember Paul Cousins saying, um, this wasn't on our show, but I remember Paul Cousins saying there's nothing harder than a Ruckman his age having just to come in for one game and knowing it's yeah. probably one game. Yeah. He has no sync with those mids. Like he doesn't work with Parrish and Merritt and, uh, on a regular basis on, in a senior game. Uh, they may do it at training, but that's nowhere near when an opposition player yeah. tries to stop everything. Uh, so he has no sync with those mids whatsoever. Uh, and at some point, we're probably going to make a call and say it, it may it may result in some performances being below what you'd hope. Uh. But the longer term is, you know, getting some real continuity into him. Because I think continuity is, is, is so important. And for him to have someone, if Scotty just said, hey, you know what, no matter what, we're going to play you for a month. Uh, and, you know, just get to know your midfield player. We say this about a lot yeah. of players, man. We said it about Langford back in the day. Just yeah. give the kids some, and some it's, continuity. Look, it's still logically going to be a backup to Drapes when he's fit. Let's, of course, we, yeah. We are that. But still playing, still getting to know that midfield rotation. and uh, Because that that's the thing that, I again, you see in the VFL, he's in the best, if not the best, every single week. And yeah. he really dominates around the ground. He's taken marks. He's um, t- tap outs just left and right. I just, whenever I see him play, and I guess maybe maybe if I take a deep breath, it is because I only see him for one game or yeah. 30% of one game. And you go, what I want to see out of you, mate, is 21-year-old, Not you're never going to beat Max Gorn because Max Gorn knows more about being a Ruckman than you've had hot breakfast, right? So you look at a guy like that and you go, I don't expect you to beat Max Gorn around the ground or above the shoulders because you're 21, right? And you, you, you don't know what he knows. But... I look at his 21-year-old frame and I go, there's half a dozen marks around the ground from from mm. him in him, right? It's the things that are going to make Sam Draper good, the marks that he it's takes. It's also picking up the speed of the game and he's just got one game to do it. Like he's, it's If he played four games in a row, I reckon his third and fourth game would be so much better then because the whole speed of the game, and yeah, I think it'd be more relaxed. Um, but the, I think it's, it's a very, very hard thing to do to know that you're likely always coming in for one game and you're going to be in the VFL the next week. Yeah. And, you know, if, if for some reason Sam pops up, 
and says he's okay by Saturday, which it doesn't sound like that's going to yeah. be the case. But but then straight he, back, he's straight back. So yeah. it's 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 not it, it can't be easy. Uh, but I look, there is a play there. Uh, look for you know obviously um, we've probably obviously mentioned a lot of the concerns and where things went wrong. Again, you know, just some positives. I thought Hobbs is. Hubs is tracking Mate. really, really well yeah. at the moment, and, and you know hits he's, the scoreboard. Yeah, he, he's he, he he's he. Yeah, I, I'm really, really liking what I'm seeing, and you know it's so much so that, um, gee, he, uh, I'll be tempted to give him some more midfield rotations, but it's hard. It's hard. But uh, Caldwell uh, still does some good things, you know, um, in and under. I I I probably. Just personally, me, I'd like to see him more in the guts, more consistent during the game. I, I think sometimes we look in the contest in the middle, like it gets away, the opponents get away a bit too easy for my liking. Um, I think he he's a player that has that kind of tenacious uh, ability to to kind of hopefully stop that. Um, uh, Ridley, look, we we mentioned Ridley. He does it. He's just a gun. But I don't know. He doesn't get much, but it's just Ridley. He does it every single yeah. week. Twenty three touches again. Ninety one percent efficiency. Like ten marks. What is it? No, yeah, ten marks. Like, yeah, man's a I gun. thought. I thought. Um, I thought Heps was fan. Absolutely fantastic. He's playing really good football. And twenty four touches. Now, it's not even a marks. debate anymore. It's it's. He's just playing really good football and. He's probably consistently being in my top seven or eight plays every week, and he's learning a real art in in helping us drift back defensively. Um, and he's a lot more assured with the ball in hand. Uh, he looks quite calm and relaxed. So he, you sense he knows he's playing good football, and that's yep. made him uh, more relaxed over the field and, and and have better assurance with ball in hand and making a good decision. So I'm really really liking his game. And Is it- Sorry? You go for it. Zerrett and McGrath, 29, 20 touches each. McGrath, sorry, Merritt with um, uh, 93% it efficiency. Like a quiet Merritt. Good did. game, didn't it? Again, in, in, bad, in a bad game, that's still those guys. But the other one I want to call out is Nick Martin again. One goal, 26 touches. It's He's... You'd like to take a couple of those possessions back? Yeah, there's yes. a couple, sure. But <laughs> we won't talk about them. Um, but... Um, just, just the, stellar, he's yeah. always at the top end of the of the possessions and influence in the game. And him, him and Hobbs are really standouts of mine. Him, Hobbs and Heppel. I mm. just, I mean, Heppel's the the veteran of the club, right? Mm. But his season has been standout, like Martin's has. It's been, it's been a real improvement. A surprise, you would almost say. And yeah. Almost a surprise because I mean, I had him gone. I had him yeah, lost a step. I mean, obviously, I we're talking gone. really from about round seven. Six onwards, yeah. it's just been a total it's been transformation. The vintage heps, right? Yeah. Like, so yeah, I want I want to call that Nick Martin again because he's just he continues to grow as a footballer and it makes mistakes. Everybody made mistakes. It was a bad game from a team that didn't perform real well. Um, but even in that sort of uh, uh, breath, then uh, Zerrett, McGrath, Martin, Hobbs, Parrish, and Heppel uh, are our highest possession getters and some of the most influential players on the ground. However, uh, and Rids directly underneath that. Um, however, when the top four um, possession getters on the field are um, Fremantle, uh, they're all Fremantle. Then, yeah, you've got a, you're going to have a problem. Yeah, there was a little bit too much um, uncontested footy around the wing. So, was, do you know what? It was the first game we lost where we also lost the tackle count. Um, okay, and uh, which is positive in a sense, um, but you could see 
we just could not close space to be up in their grill. Yeah. And there was too much loose unmarked around that wing. Uh, uncontested footy for uh, I'm sure Brad Scott's liking. They were kind of almost doing what to us what we wanted to do to them and in the last three quarters. It's such a weird game because, I mean, you look at Snelling and Redmond and Guelphie and Laverde and and Kelly and those guys. Uh, they're just uncharacteristically low and low yeah. possessions and not just, real just special output, games. Yeah, 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 the yeah. output from them was uncharacteristically low. So it's it's just very interesting. That's why I – I mean, when you've won as many games as we have at the moment and where we're playing and we're sixth on the ladder, that, that's that's earned them a couple – some leeway, right? Like, well, not that we're trying to be nasty or anything, but um, – it's that that gives you some leeway. That's a blip. We'll put that down to a blip. Moving on, Frio had the yeah. game of their lives. Um, we've it just happened to have the most informed club in the comp um, on Saturday, just in case they thought they could ease into the next game. Um, but th- this will be the test. This will be. Yeah. We'll see where we're at. I loved you know before we go to the break and Jake Kelly's just about to hit us on the line. Yeah, uh, I love Brad Scott on three sixty. So he was asked about you know you know. Is there certain plays you kind of put at fault and, and address for the, for that loss? Um, and he said, no, I lay the fault on me. And, uh, and he goes, if the wing forward or mid-structure doesn't work, then that's on me. Nice. And uh, I think, you know, it's a small comment, but I think Essendon fans, and I hope you're thinking like I do, it's refreshing to hear that ownership because I, it was, if I'm being honest, I'm just being honest, it was the first game – Again, is a massive positive. It's the first game I feel like all Brad got out coached today. Yeah. Um, uh, the counter tactics from Frio got us. Um, the Menzi sub probably just didn't come off. Yep. And 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 uh, that didn't work. The two Ruckman didn't work. Uh, the balance, it just didn't feel like the balance over the field was right. Um, and hopefully we all learn from that. Uh, look, a coach is going to have an off day, so it's like a player. Well, Coaches, players, it, it happens, man. It and, happens. But, but I think it's generally refreshing as a fan and a member to hear Scott say, hey, I'm accountable for that, and the fault's with me. Yeah, and I mean, Has he put a foot wrong all yeah, season, Scotty? It, so it's, re- really, it's what you want to hear out of the coach. I mean, you don't, you don't want to hear that, he's had, that he realises that it hasn't worked, but when it does, and it, it, it always will, taking ownership of it is all you can ask. Yeah, and so, hey, let's talk, let's talk to Jake Kelly about the game. So, see what he has to say. Absolutely, mate. He should be calling us through directly after the break. Essendon defender, Mr. Jake Kelly. Bit of new order. And welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now, uh, we're really excited um, again to have another player from the club on the on the show. Um, tonight, we've got a guy who's drafted from the Oakley Chargers um, in the TAC Cup, pick number 40 as, uh, 40 as a rookie draft, um, went over to Adelaide, but we won't talk about that period. Um, <laughs> he's six foot three, he plays in the back line from the Bombers, and his name is Jake Kelly, mate. Welcome to the show. No, thanks for having me, boys. Appreciate it. Yeah, look, it's so good to have you, Jake. Um, I asked 
uh, if it's okay to say this, I asked the club if we could have you on because we've been talking about you during the year and, and how much we've appreciated how you've um, been informed this year. And look, uh, I guess we'll just start off probably just with the, the Fremantle result and probably just your own sort of game. Uh, I was interested, you know, just with Parrish and yourself, I just wondered if just on your first game back, did you? How did you find it? Because both yourself and Parrish had sort of missed almost a month, really, of probably I'd say senior footy. Uh, how did you? How did you find it back? And, and did you find it um, hard to get in sync again with that kind of back six like you had the first kind of eight or nine rounds? Uh, not too much. I um, it's interesting when you're uh, away from the club in rehab, you do get a lot of conditioning in. Um, and I was training fully given my injury was sort of a head knock. Um, I could pretty much do everything from a running point of view pretty quickly. Yep. So in terms of fitness and just general conditioning, I was pretty good. So when I came back into the game on Saturday, I felt really fit. Um, I can't speak to Darcy, but um, I, I, I felt really, really fit. And, um, the system I picked up pretty quickly again. Uh, they're, they're a great group of guys back there. Uh, Jordan Ridley, uh, um, Andy McGrath, Jaden Laverde, they're all great leaders um, in their own right. And they helped me fit into that system really well. And yeah, so I, I had no issues, issues going back. Um, it was obviously a really disappointing loss. Um, I think it was out of character, like you said to me before. Um, completely agree with that. So obviously a big game Saturday night. So we're looking to respond. Matt, and I think a lot of the a lot of the supporters that we've been speaking to on the on the Facebook page and Twitter and the like, it's yeah, you look at that game and you go, geez, Essendon's had seventy five percent of its best, technically its best midfield out, like it's Setters and Darcy and and um, Shearley and those kind of guys, and they've had you down back mm-hmm. um, missing for a period of time as well, and the the, the likes of Merritt and some of the other midfielders. Um, Calders, uh, and, all Calders and those guys who've, who've stepped up have been incredible. But, man, that what it, what it felt like to a supporter was a blip. It just felt like a – yeah, that, that was out of character. But the, the guys have been up for so long, four of the last five. Fremantle were probably breathing fire because they had several rockets placed underneath them. And it, it's it's what we <laughs> would sort of look at it as a, as a bit of a blip. And, we're, like I said, we're, we're really looking forward to this game as well. You, you, I assume that you learned some stuff. Um, Scotty probably would have um, given you a couple of clear messages. Um, and then you move on and we're looking to the next week's game. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I think that's exactly it. Um, it was, uh, yeah, disappointing. We didn't play how we wanted. But it was, uh, the, the first 20 minutes of the game, um, I think you guys would agree, was really, was really great. And that yeah. felt, that, that, that was exactly our blueprint, I feel. And it felt, that's exactly how we want to play. We felt really in control of the game. Uh, and and um, we, we easily, we should have, if we'd, we, we, we'd capitalised, gone in, in front, uh, and, and potentially that changes the game. But um, the, the last three quarters really wasn't us. We didn't challenge them offensively as much as we have in the past. Uh, so that's going to be a real focus for us this week. And, yeah, they were able to get get, get some really great ball movement off, off us, potentially collapsing in at times and, and, and letting them go round up. So, yeah, they're, they're both issues that we'll address this week and tomorrow at training and then look to respond on Saturday night. Uh, I'm interested to see what kind of uh – you know, areas got addressed. You know, there was 
probably the two things for me, and you can argue and debate if you like, but uh, to me was probably clearances that seemed to be free and until I think scored 53 to 13 um, from, from clearances. Uh, so there was kind of an element there where we were behind. And I'd, and then there was a bit of vision, vision on, the, uh, on a few media shows and that just about when there was a qu- quick transition from, from the midfield Sometimes uh, we were a little bit away from from our opponents. There was a, some vision. How how has Scott kind of addressed what happened from quarter time onwards? You guys should come in as coaches. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are yeah, very available. You, you, you really do debunk it well. <laughs> <laughs> I think, no, I, I, basically, I think you've just you've just answered your own question, there, Scotty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Well, yeah. That, those. Uh, things you touched on were, were very very accurate and and it's hard right like the game's multifaceted it's quite complex like there's a lot of different moving parts I can't imagine being a coach I haven't been one but go, going and reviewing games and there'd be so many different aspects that we can improve on and trying to pinpoint one or two aspects that sort of essentially the big rocks which we can we can fix in a week is probably what um, Scotty does and yeah. he does it very well so if we if he comes into a review and says I've got ten things to improve in a week's time in one training session in two training sessions becomes pretty difficult. So what he's really good at doing is coming and going. Okay, there's there's ten things that we can improve on. Where are we going to get the most bang for our buck? Probably these two areas. So for example, on the weekend there'll probably be structure issues around um, our Bread and, and that's an easy fix for us because we've done that all year and just our attacking mindset, especially from the back half, to get forward and challenge their challenge their defense. Um, and then the other thing was just some stuff on collapsing in and and letting them go round us. So yeah, the, these these fixes are things that we can we, we can work on tomorrow at training and and we've got no we we see no reason why we can't execute on Saturday night. Now now Jake, a small preamble. Bear with me on the next question. Now, pre your arrival at the Essendon Footy Club and whilst Andy McGrath was playing a lot of midfield time, there was a lot of, of debate, um, conjecture, discussion about Essendon getting themselves a really good small to medium defender, right? Now, lo and behold, the guy that we on the podcast called the Big Red Fire Engine in uh, Adrian Dodoro, a.k.a. the greatest <laughs> re- recruiter that's ever lived, um, <laughs> just went out and sourced... A bloke that can play tall, who can play small, um, who's got that beautiful left boot and all that sort of stuff. Now, that was the preamble. The question I have is, you've played on Charlie Cameron this year and you've played on Charlie Dixon this year, right? The question I have is, I was curious as to the conversations that you've had with Brad at the start of the year on the team goals and the areas he wanted you to develop in and how you fitted into the midfield. Because is it playing on blokes that are lightning quick one minute and monster forwards the next? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you were very kind in that preamble. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, look, I, I didn't have too many um, discussions pre, pre-season regarding my role particularly. I think the large majority of the conversations were around how do you fit into a system defensively. And, and it really is about system these days. You just it's just gone so far away from being an individualised defence where you have a set matchup for the day and and you have to be adaptable. You have to be willing to change players regularly. We, we roll off to support each other in the air. So if 
for example, if Jaden rolls off at an opponent, say, be it Charlie Dixon, I have to then leave my opponent to go to his opponent. So, it, yeah, it's simplistically, it's, it's, it's a real system that you have to buy into and, and, and very rarely do you stay on the same opponent the entirety of the game. So that's why having defenders, I think, that are sort of tall and small creates a really adaptable back line. You look at someone like Mason Redmond, for example, he can play on a taller opponent, but he can also play on a smaller opponent. Jaden's the same, Rids is the same. So, yeah, it's a good back line in that sense. Yeah, we love it, mate. Uh, Jake, uh I'm one of those ones who sometimes sits in the uh, the outer hangar hill and um, goes to preseason. Uh, one thing I noticed, which is, you know, when you're talking about the first 15 minutes of that Frio game, it's funny. That's what I saw in preseason, and and I, I saw a lot of work with yourself and, and Mason and McGrath. There seemed to be a lot of emphasis on that, that kind of 25, 30 meter kick to keep control of the ball moving forward uh, instead of instead of probably the the longer 60-metre kick down the line. It feels like we wanted to have control of the footy coming out of the back line. Is, how, how has Scott approached you pre-season and areas that you need to work on yourself and as a back six? Yeah, look, like Scotty was interesting in pre-season. Like I said around the weekly review, the pre-season was sort of a bigger picture of that in terms of, he was probably looking at where we can get the most bang for our buck. And that was really our ability for teams to transition on us from D50 to inside 50. I think we were quite comfortably the worst in the competition last year. So that was the main re- part of the game we needed to address. And, and we spent the majority of preseason trying to improve that. Um, and, and that led to really spending the majority of the preseason focusing on defense more so than offense. I think, You've got a group that is quite instinctive, um, a, a skillful, especially our mids with Merritt and Parrish and, and Shill. They really offensively does come easy for them, like a lot of footballers, but the defense is where we need to improve. So to be, to be perfectly frank with you, we spent next to no time talking about offense. It was, it was purely a defensive conversation for the majority of the preseason. And what's come from our offense this year has really just been our natural games, I, I'd say. And, and, and I, I'm sure as, as time goes on and we progress as a group, we'll start to talk about offense more. But at the moment, it's really a conversation around defense. And the, the great thing is that we haven't even spoken really about offense that much yet. So when we do, I, I hope we can reap the rewards of that. And I think it really shows from the, the work that you've done and the, the, the discussions that you've had from a defensive point of view. I mean, d- defence is defence, mate. You, you, if you're good at it, they can't score and there's, it's it's likely they won't win the game. But just, just from a fan's point of view, the, the, the progression of BZT into his role, he gets key position players every single week. Um, and the progression he's made is incredible. The addition of you to the to the team has been great because, like I said, you play tall, you play small. Um, Andy McGrath, if, if anybody's ever worried about where Andy McGrath should play, the man is a backman every day of the week. Um, and then <laughs> Rids, Rids um, Darcy Moore getting centre-half back in the All-Australian is a travesty. Um, <laughs> Rids, should, Rids, should, Rids should be there. Um, and Jaden Laverde was finally found his spot in the back line. So I, I just wonder whether or not, do you guys, ever sort of take a moment and and not compare yourself to where you were defensively and, and that, but do you sort of look and go, yes, the, the work is is paying off? Because Scott and I, did, we're not elite athletes. We don't sort of get to 
do that sort of side of things. But when we when we have an issue where we work, we we stop and we assess and we try and like you said, we don't want we don't want to have fourteen things to fix. We're just looking to fix three over the next six months and then potentially three in the next six months and the like. Do you get to stop and and sort of think, yes, we've improved? Yeah, no, we definitely do. Uh, we'll do we do that every week uh, okay. in some capacity. And um, we, we, we really do have a sort of broad vision on how, how, how far we have come. I think at the end of the season, that's really done where you compare yourself to pre-season. At the moment, it's sometimes you compare yourself week to week and you see those little incremental improvements. But um, uh, we, we do look back on six months ago and go, well, we've made massive, massive leaps. Uh, and it's been, it's been, I'm sure from a fan's point of view watching, you can see that, um, We've got a long way to go, though, um, and we're really excited about how much growth we have as a group because, like I said, we've barely touched on one aspect of the game in offense and, and you can already see that we're, we're in, in, inside the eight and we've, we've, we've been competitive against nearly every team we've played this year. Do, out of curiosity, Jake, do you, do you take much merit into the unusual stat of the, the 10 or 12 games being lost by teams coming off the ball. <laughs> is that, yeah. do you, how do you take that internally? Do you almost just go, no, because, you know, in some ways the first 15 minutes we were on, we we're on song. Do you go, no, we have to put that on ourselves or do you, do you just have that curiosity as a team? You go, does it, is there something into that? Well, it's, it's a really interesting one. We didn't, I didn't really know about it until uh, it was brought up actually uh, internally, but it wasn't brought up in a way where it was, sort of gleaned on too much. It was just a, it was a passing passing comment. Um, and I, I didn't think about it. I don't think anyone else really had it had it in their thoughts leading into the game. And you don't really. So it, it's, it's a funny trend. I can't imagine people... I, I can't imagine players going out there worrying about it and, and letting it affect them. Maybe they're thinking... Maybe they're just not as, as, as uh, sort of attentive at the beginning of games and, and, and that leads to them losing. Oh, I don't know. It's, it's a really complex one. But we started really well on the weekend. So we were, we were definitely on. Um, you could definitely say that in the first quarter we were on. It just the last three quarters we fell off fell off a cliff in, in a way. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting trend that I don't know the answer to. <laughs> well, you, now you're, you're playing a team that's coming off a 16-day break. Um, yeah, we should we should smash them then, essentially. <laughs> Absolutely, the yeah. yeah. It'll yeah. be an easy win. Sydney, 200 <laughs> points. Just, Thanks for coming. Just hold it up for the first 15 minutes, mate, and then overrun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, 16 days. Wow. Uh, now, look, in all seriousness, you, you're probably coming up against the most informed team in, in the AFL. So, uh, it... it how do you, you know, it, in a weird way, is it is it a good test when you have a loss like that for the group to to have an instant kind of big clash at the G to kind of go, okay, let's focus. The, you know that 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 wasn't us last week, so let's, you know, it gives you an instant kind of, all right, we're on we're we're on we're on the big stage, so let's let's show people what we are capable of. Yeah, absolutely. I think to play Port Adelaide on Saturday night at the MCG on our ground is so special and we're very lucky um, to, to, to be doing that. Um, we played them at Adelaide Oval earlier in the year and we were competitive. We took it right to them. Gave them a I don't think we played our best that day at all. We were, we, we, we were I think, okay. 
and we took it right to them right to the very end at their ground. So I've got all confidence that the work we've done over the last sort of nine weeks since that game um, is going to hold us in really good stead on Saturday night and to, to play a team that's had 11 wins in a row, probably with Collingwood, the best team in the competition, it is really, really exciting. And I think leaving Saturday night, I think fans and players alike will have a really good indication about where we are as a club. Mate, um, you probably noticed, but Jake Stringer just peeled off another package moment, just left foot from the boundary, 30-odd metres out, put it through, off the ground, no problems at all, just casual Jake Stringer <laughs> moment. Um, does he... <laughs> I often wonder about it. Is, is he sort of the kind of guy that will tell you about that when <laughs> when you get back or after the game or something? Will he let you know that he's done it? Or is it just just Jake's a bit sort of uh, just moving on? That's just a Jake Stringer moment. No, he'll tell you about it, Jake. You he know, will, yeah. I thought he might. About it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 as you'd expect. But uh, no, he, he's, he's very special. I, I remember, I think it was against JWS. Um, oh, I may have handled in the ball. I was involved in the play. So I was right behind him when he torpedoed one from oh, 70 metres yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And I honestly could – I've never seen someone in my entire life in football do something like that. So <laughs> it's, it was it was freaky. Yeah, it's incredible. We just I – mean, I know we're interviewing Jay Kelly, but um, just for a brief moment, that torp is – there's very few – I mean, this is the thing, like for him to be outside 50, you'd think, righto, lower his eyes, where are the forwards at, um, something along those lines. But – He's just got the A, the ability to go, nah, bugger it, I'm having a shot for a start off because he probably has a license. Scotty gives him some sort of license. Um, but secondly, he's also got the confidence to go, bugger it, I'm having a crack, and then peels off a torp to do it. Mm. <laughs> just that kind of confidence in, in a player like that. Is that, I know not Jake's have been an exception to the rule, but I mean, how many <laughs> how many games have you played now? Like 130, 120-odd games? Uh, 130. Yeah, maybe 140, I think. 140 around there. Mate, at what point in your career did you feel like you belong in the AFL? Yeah, it's a funny question. I think most players would say you never fully get comfortable. Okay. I think that you obviously, when you play in a good system, you feel really comfortable, but it can easily change and it changes very quickly. And that's something that I've learned in this game is that you can be on top of the world one minute and it can quickly quickly disappear so you've always got to be continuing to improve continuing to push and get yourself again uh, get yourself better each week because it can change very very quickly in this industry i've found and um you can feel comfortable one minute you're playing in a great system and then suddenly two weeks later it, it can be a different story so um yeah I'm, I'm certainly more comfortable than i was and, and more composed than i was when i started thank god because I'd probably be out of the system otherwise. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you, you're never fully comfortable. And I think the point where you get fully comfortable is probably a dangerous point to get to. I think staying some sort of in, in that sort of zone where you are uncomfortable is good because it keeps pushing you to improve. Yeah. Hey, look, um, what, one of our followers, Fiona, uh, she is your biggest fan. I was going to say, so if, if you ever honest, go to she's Twitter, a massive uh, fan she, of yours. She is, J. Kelly is <laughs> a star. Um, so I, I reached out to her and said, hey, J. Kelly's coming on the show. Give us give us a couple of questions. I promised her that I would, you know, ask these questions. So here they are. Um, <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> uh, 
as a senior player and with our list, anything over 24 is listed as a senior player. Um, yeah. <laughs> how, how do you keep teammates feeling positive and motivated after a loss? Yeah, I'm very ancient at the club. I've, uh, at 28, I feel very, very old um, <laughs> with, with Ben Hobbs and, and Archie Perkins. Um, yeah, how do I keep the group positive? Well, how do I do that? It's a good question. I don't think I have – I think it's just by your actions. If you come into the club and you're mopey and you're not coming in with any energy and you're not training with any energy, then that'll rub off on, on the other players. Uh I honestly can say that even last year when we weren't going great, people bounced in with great energy and there is a great feel around the club and, and there's a great sense of um, people being able to be themselves and also yep. people not having any egos. And, 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 and everyone at the club is a great guy and, and I can honestly say that, that there's no, there's no egos. Everyone's a really great person. They've got good values and, and they're hard workers and, and we can definitely continue to develop that culture of hard work and, and with these young guys. But when you've got characters like that at the club, it makes it pretty easy to be positive because I've got a full belief that this group has the capability to, to do something special over, over the coming years. So even losses like Saturday night, they really don't affect your long-term trajectory as a group because... You're going to have blips, um, and like you guys said, Saturday night definitely was one. Yeah. But I don't see any reason why that will continue because, yeah, this, this group's I think quite special. And look, the second question that she had was, "What is your best quality as a person, non-football related?" <laughs> that is a very deep question, Fiona. Uh, <laughs> you can just uh, say you can just say quality. rooster. You can just say rooster. But yeah, <laughs> just a rooster. That's my job. My, my girlfriend would say no, none, um, so I don't know. Uh, my best quality, I like to think I'm a hard worker and, and, and I have a bit of grit about me. Um, I don't know. I, hopefully my teammates would agree, agree with me, but, um, yeah, that's what I try. If you're a hard worker and, and you can strive to be a good teammate um, and, and you leave the game with people saying that about you, um, I think I think – that's pretty special. So, yeah, I, I, think I hope that's, that's a, what yeah. people would say. Look, just from observations yes, that mate. I see at training and in and, and games, I mean, you're a hard work, I think, comes, you know, it's quite an obvious <laughs> trait that I see as a as a fan and going, this guy is uh, <laughs> super competitive. Uh, and that's what I love. I, I, I love that I always sense that you've got that good case of white line fever uh, where yeah. you just where you, you hate to lose one-on-ones and, and, and that's a really, really good trait. Um, I was only going to ask just before Grant goes to his final questions, yep. when you had the chance to play a, a VFL game, and I'm just wondering even just on the broader year sense, do, have you had any chance to be possibly a mentor to a, a Hayes or an Alistair Lord or a or, or young Reedy def- or Reedy's or, yeah. or Coxes who sometimes plays halfback or Baldwin? Um, have you had a chance to sort of have discussions with that kind of that secondary group that's still trying to find their way? I guess. Yeah, I I, I try to, and but it's, it's something I definitely want to do more of, and 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 as older players. We've got to take responsibility for trying to develop these younger players. It's probably something that I, I can definitely do better and, and I'm trying to do better. And at training, um, I'm, I'm definitely trying to do it. Over the last few weeks, I've, I've, I've been making it, uh, making more of an effort 
two to it. Um, one of the things with football, I think you can get, especially during the year, you can get consumed by the week-to-week grind of your own performance. Yeah. And you can get caught up in your own head. I think when a club truly gets going is when you get guys in that older age bracket who start forgetting about not their own performance, but start worrying less about their own performance and more about helping others. And I think in the long run, that helps your own performance generally. So um, it's definitely something I want to develop. And I know it's something that the older crew want to keep trying to trying to strive towards. Yep. That's excellent. All right, mate. Um, just to round off the interview, mate, we can talk to you forever, but we, we just flat out <laughs> don't have the time. Um, just a couple of rapid fire <laughs> questions for you. Um, do you get recognised much in the street? No, absolutely not. <laughs> no? Okay. That was, that was a quick question. Um, the last person you texted? Last person I texted was uh, Billy Frampton from Collingwood. Okay. Uh, the Your favourite movie? Favourite movie? I watched The Secret Life of Walter Mitty two days ago and I absolutely loved it. I, couldn't, I, I forgot how much I loved it, so I'd say that. Nice. Uh, if you had any superpower, what would it be? Read someone's mind. Ooh, I like that, actually. A lot of people just fly, but read something. I like that. Um, what was the last yeah. meal you cooked to somebody? Last meal I cooked was last night. I cooked uh, far out. I can't even remember what I cooked last night. It was, <laughs> uh, I think, salmon bake for oh, my girlfriend. Goodness. Mate, he's playing halfback yeah. for the Dons. He's cooking dinner as well. Um, <laughs> Not what, doing it all. <laughs> what food do you find the hardest to stay away from during the uh, season? Oh, food. Uh, I've got some lovely Italian restaurants near my house, both yeah. pizza and pasta. And then the last one, um, what's the question you're most often asked? Most often asked? Um, that's a good question. Um, I get asked a lot at the moment, is it difficult being going to family dinners? Because my dad's at Collingwood and my brother's at Collingwood. So, um, yeah, that's a question I've been asked countless times this year by a lot of people what's it like the dynamic <laughs> nice and is it is it awkward or is it is it just nobody nobody talks about it no no it's not i honestly could say hand on heart that i don't speak one bit of footy with really my dad or, or my brother um so yeah it's not even it doesn't even come up so what, it wasn't awkward after anzac day when we're four goals up <laughs> yeah that that was that was a bit, that was a bit annoying that that really annoyed me because <laughs> will, will my brother actually the first, only game he's played this year was Anzac Day, and um, yeah, he managed to pit me. So, yeah, we got some good photos, but yeah, he came away with the choggy. Yeah, yeah, nice. Well, mate, um, thank you very much uh, for joining us on the pod tonight. We really appreciate it. Um, like I said, mate, we're, we're absolutely enjoying your um, your time at the club and the way you play. And uh, like we said, I said earlier, we'll just put Freo behind us. We're looking forward to um, Port this weekend at the G. Scotty and I and a hell of a lot of other people will be there to watch you and the rest of the boys. So a massive thank you for joining on the, us on the pod, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, boys. Really appreciate it. Love what you're doing. It's really good. Well done. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, Jake. All the best said day, mate. See you, boys. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, one of my faves right there. Mate, how good was that interview with Jake? Um, really lucky to get him on the show. And, like, what a really personable, genuine kind of guy. 
Oh, absolute ripper guy. Um, one of my favourite interviews. Um, you know, it's funny when you talk to him be, even before you press record, it's the same person. He's so ex- he's and he was like he genuinely seemed excited to chat. To and us. we go, Jakey, hey. mate. We've only got a certain amount of time with you. The club. He goes, Ah, no, better, mate. Just keep talking. We're, just I'm keep good. talking. And tell and me when you want to finish life. it. Yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, he was fantastic. Just a very very personal, likable guy. Absolutely. So, uh, thank you again to the to the club too. Yeah, to, absolutely. Thank you to the club. Uh, and you know who you are who help us out. So a big big thanks. And um, yeah, Jakey's. Uh, uh, just a, a, a fantastic bloke. So, hey, um, finally, you know, just to end off the show, I watched the the VFL. Uh, yep. Not obviously a result we would be happy or proud of. Um, Last few haven't been really. No, they've lost, I don't know the exact number, but it feels like it's, I think it's like eight or nine in a row now. So, and they're eight sitting 18th. Um, so um, I can think first and foremost, it's it's, you know, in all seriousness, um, I know, I know there was never going to be a quick fix with the VFL, and and a lot of it coming out of the review, and you know, Welshie coming on and talking about it, that obviously happened. Kind of a lot of it, like almost like post key recruitment dates and that sort of thing. So I never, I always felt like uh, we still may struggle a little bit this okay. year because yeah. yes, you can say we want to do this, but. Um, a lot of the key things that may need to happen is probably the time limit wasn't there, wasn't their friend. Yep. Um, but, you know, it, hopefully now the club really continues um, quite passionately to get this program right. They've, they've look, they've obviously upskilled the, the development side of things, which is great. And hopefully that pays off. And I, you know, they've, they've lost a couple of, of guys, um, uh, Narco obviously in the yeah, mid-season draft, yeah. and uh, sounds like um, Cleaver's now gone home to Perth. He's decided to go home to Perth, and I think Brad Lynch decided to go elsewhere. Uh, okay. so, so the so bit of the VFL talent's gone, but this is a program that you know if you're going to foster youth development, um, I still fear when I watch the VFL this. Because people say, oh, how can we play like that? There's 10 or 12 listed senior players in game. But, you know, geez, Davey, Hayes and Voss and all these guys at 19 the, and 20 the and kids, 18. Man, the kids, And, like, we need some protection on the VFL side, listed side. Uh, we need some senior bodies to come in. And uh, NARC was really good for when it was, when it was happening, but we're, they're a bit exposed at the moment and doesn't excuse the, the last quarter because, to be honest, they – they were really, you know, they looked very much a defeated team. They they battled hard the first half, but yep. as the game went on, they kind of threw up the white flag a bit too easy, I think, for everyone's liking at the club because okay. uh, it went from like 20 to 60 very quickly uh, okay. um, in, in a very ordinary fashion. Um, uh, the, the couple of the players that did stand out to me, there was only a small handful. Yep. Uh, oh, I'm going to talk about Walla, first of all. Um, because if you if he's a classic play, if you've read his stats, you'd go, eh. <laughs> okay, just didn't kick a goal, and he had 10 or 11 possessions. Um, but I will say this he worked probably harder than anyone else on the ground, okay. Uh, he, forward line, yeah, he had seven or eight tackles, and and they played a bit of midfield time. Um, but he just and 
his running has definitely improved. Like it's definitely not ideal, but it's definitely improved. So uh, I, I'm going to challenge a few people who went back at me because I, 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 to me, while I looks physically slightly better now and, and his running has definitely improved. He did a sprint with five minutes to go in the game that was covered three quarters of the ground and that was just wasn't happening four weeks ago. So he's definitely at least on the improve and I thought – um, his mindset, his endeavor was was probably the best I'd seen in the last in the last month. He's been, it was really, I was really, um, really happy with how he was um, pressuring and and just giving as much effort as he can. Um, uh, similar to Tex, Tex um, is having a good little patch of, of form. form yeah. um, not obviously not. You know, it was very hard. Again, it was very hard to play forward line in this in this in this club. It hardly got up there. Yeah, um, but he his again his attitude and pressure again was was quite impressive. Uh, so happy with him. Uh, I thought our best was Vossi. Um, as I said, um, eighteen disposals, eight marks, had seven or eight shots on goal. Uh, did kick two goals, four and one out in the form. And for some reason, one forty yards out, they didn't make the distance. It was a, it was a. In all fairness to him, it seriously was a twenty gale wind going sideways. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah, it was Port Melbourne at its best. Yep. So it was not an easy game to kick straight. Sure. Um. So, but he's playing that uh, more up the ground really, really well, and it's developing really well. So even though he hasn't had his goal kicking the last. Three weeks or so, his work rate and him, him going up the ground, grabbing the ball, he's, he's definitely his disposal count's going up now, his marking's going up now. I think they'll be happy at his overall game and how it's progressing because that kicking's going to come back and it's probably in his head a little bit at the moment. That's going to come back and when it does, he's, you're going to start going, oh, shit, he can now come into the side. Uh. Um, and look, there's there's a fair effort to say – I think there's a worthy argument to at least debate the merits of him coming into the side very soon, if if certain players aren't performing in the okay. seniors, yeah, yeah, yeah. which we've mentioned, yeah. uh, because he's doing a whole lot of hard work and and getting himself into the game. I know there's a difference between VFL and AFL, but he's only going to learn it one way. Yeah, great. Um, so I, I was really really impressed with him. Uh, and look, the probably the other one, Kane Baldwin, is is continuing his form. I have my view. I. I and that's I have Kane Baldwin in the seniors. That's my personal view. Uh, the pacing. Uh, I can't say. Uh, uh, <laughs> it wouldn't happen to be. <laughs> uh, look, it could be a number of guys, but I, I, I actually really rate him as a footballer. I yeah. think I think he's come on so strong, and from what I'm seeing, I, I just really, you know, just me. I I watch every VFL game. I'm just really enjoying how fast he's progressing, um, his marking ability. Uh, and his body work in contests is fantastic. Uh, it did have an off, in all fairness, I've said his kicking's good. He did have an off-kicking game. Yeah. Uh, again, Gale Force wins, understand. So, But yeah. but he did have an off-kicking game. Uh, but I don't think that's typical of him in general. Uh, but he was definitely in our best two, two or three. So, And he's just been consistent like that ever since he... He came back to the VFL when he when he played really well yeah. in that game uh, in the AFL. So I, I really like him. I just think he's a real future player for us. Uh, and personally, me, I, I like to invest in him. I think he's a real find. Um, that's my personal view. I, I totally get all the debates and arguments around it. 
and I'm probably a bit biased because I'm just really enjoying watching him yeah. play. Because uh, it's not where the other guys who I have in my head are actually performing bad. Um, I just I'm more probably more thinking 21 year old, 10 year view. I think he could yeah. settle settle into that back line as the next wave. Um, but I, no matter what, he's progressing. I think so much faster than see, I ever yeah. expected. Yeah, I agree. In, in that back line, and he's becoming a real player coming through. So. But overall, yeah, there is concerns with the VFL program. 18th is not great. Um, and, you know, it, uh, you, I, I, look, I'm, I'm confident the club is a different kind of club now, so it's, it's not going to be no secret to them. But uh, I guess as members you just hope that's taken, that program's taken very seriously and, and, um, and it's, it's in the soft season it's really addressed heavily because – uh, I I think it's hard to develop youngsters if there's no protection around them, um, and you know, and they're left a little bit, you know, like they have to win the ball themselves in in hard contest, and they're physically not ready, and um, and you probably so look. Sardis had a quiet one. I know people are going to ask me. Sardis had a yep. uh, now a quiet one to him is twenty one disposals, um, six clearances. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, uh, so, no, six, maybe, no, sorry, it was six tackles, not clearances. Okay. So, uh, but it was quiet. There was a lot of one-metre handball kind of didn't re- – you didn't feel him in the game. Influential, yeah. 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 Um, but, look, his first – you know, that's that's, that's going to be that the – game up, number three? That's the up and down of, a, yeah. of an 18-year-old. So, yeah. uh, tricky conditions and, and just he'll just keep growing and developing. I don't I, – I personally don't have a call for him to suddenly be in the side. It's no. just keep developing the VFL and – um, and and I think a reason why that it's a good time for him to do it because he can get into positions that he likes into a VFL. If he came into the AFL, he, he obviously is not taking over Coldwell, Hobbs, Merritt. Perkins. So he won't yeah. play a role that actually suits him. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to see him as a small forward or a, just, just develop him straight in the midfield or on the wing. Don't look now, but you're explaining my whole argument about yeah. Hobbs. Uh, yeah, we yeah. we oh. needed Hobbs, right? We needed him to come in, unfortunately. We shouldn't have brought him in, but that is essentially my whole argument, man. Yeah, just yeah. leave him there, teach him how to be a midfielder, um, and just when he's ready, he's ready. Yeah. yeah that's and that's that's where I see Sardis this year is there's no urgency. No rush, oh, yeah, no yeah. rush mate. We've got plenty of good mids. And sure, we're getting pumped a bit in the VFL and it's not fun, mate, but what you are doing is getting 21 touches every game. And I know you're a massively talented kid, but you're not getting 21 touches in the AFL, right? Like it's, we're going to have to play in a forward pocket. We're going to have to drop Guelph or somebody like that to put you in the side. And it's, it's not where we're going to want you to play. We want you, and along with Brad Scott's argument, is that we want you experienced knocking down the door as a midfielder so that when we bring you in, you stay in. You stay in, yeah. 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 The, the, unfortunate for him that the, the young midfield depth of the Perkins, Coldwell, Hobbs is so strong at the yeah. moment. Uh, you know, and, you know, there's, there's arguments definitely that could be had that you keep now playing at least two or three of them in the midfield but think with about heavier what you rotations. Said. But think about what you just said. Yeah. Um, Caldwell, Hobbs, Perkins and Sardis. There's your new midfield. Mm. Like of the future. Now, there's no one's no one's getting rid of add, our current add midfielder, Martin mate. To that too, yeah. Add Martin, yeah. No one's getting rid of our current midfielders, right? Like we're not saying moving on, but if if you want a progression oh, yeah. process, we all know Shill in a couple of years, probably Shill gone. in a couple of years, Stringer's 29, 28. Bingo, yeah. and but now you've got those mids popping. So now we've got another one coming behind, and we get another draft pick this year. Maybe we can pinch one more. So yeah, look, we'd. we'd 
it's it's good to see Sardis getting touches, man. Learning the game, checking out the wind at Port Melbourne, which probably would have been fun. But yeah, he's he's going to be a much better player for just like Vossi, who's just racking them up in the in the VFL. He will be undeniable very soon. I call him undeniable very soon, especially when his position in the AFL. He's a 19-year-old key position player and it's, it's, you'd be wrapped because, I mean, he was obviously uh, rookie selected, so you'd be wrapped about what he's doing. Progression and what he's doing, kicking goals, You'd be wrapped man. with how Baldwin's doing at 2021. Yeah, he's he's um, kicking goals. There's some really good signs and, you know, you, you, it's not counting out Hayes as well. It's, it's some really good key position players that are very, very young yep. uh, and just sitting there and they'll keep developing and and – uh, yeah, and you—that's a, a team of the future. So absolutely, that's it from us. It's a bit of a longer show today, but yeah, uh, a bit of a long show. But probably <laughs> in contrast to our Patreon team select uh, team reaction show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, after we the game, do. Man. We do have to apologise. It, it was a one-off show. The game just ended. And I actually, you know, in all honesty, I just didn't know what to say. Like I was, we only uh, spoke for fifteen minutes, but it was like. It's like Ah, uh, that sucks. That was crap, man. Like, I don't know why it was crap, but it was crap. The boys just decided. It took, it took me 24 hours to, to, to kind of work my head around. Yeah, it, same. What and it, so it, it was very strange of the game. So we apologise briefly to our uh, to our Patreons. Um, this one should make up with a bit better. But also to um, a massive thank you again to Jake Kelly for being on the show. Uh, we love Scotty does the hard work, boys and girls, just out there and listening. Scotty does the hard work. We're talking to the club. Um, got access to another ripping young man in in, uh, in Jake Kelly. So um, we're a massive fan of having him on the club and thank you again to the club. So um, Thursday night team selection show for our Patreons. If you want to check us out on Patreon, it's the lunch. Oh, <laughs> it'll be a longer show. Absolutely. We promise it'll be a longer <laughs> show. Uh, lunchtime catch up forward slash Patreon or the other way around. Patreon.com forward slash lunchtime catch up. I've only said that a million times. Come and check us out. We give you two extra shows a week and we'll be doing some exclusive content very soon. So we'll talk to the Patreons on Thursday and then for, the, um, for our uh, free show, we'll talk to you guys back on Monday. Catch you guys.